Hey guys, thanks so much for listening into this interview today. I'll be interviewing a YouTuber by the name of Manu. He runs his own business called Italy Made Easy, where he gives people the opportunity all around the world to learn Italian. He has a precise demographic that he targets and he does this through his YouTube channel. We talk about how he's traveled so much in his younger years, leading him to the opportunity to moving to Australia. Obviously having such a huge culture shock, it was something he had to adapt to. We talk about from being a teacher to uploading a few videos, telling his students to go check them out, save some money and time, to checking it a year later and realizing he had over 80,000 views. He found this to be such a good opportunity to create an idea, a foundation, a business and a brand more or less. We talk about why YouTube isn't for everyone and what you do need to do if you're gonna pursue this. We also touch base on his struggles in between to getting to where he was and working on himself mentally and physically. From anxiety, depression to living his best life. Throughout this, you'll get a great insight on what you need to do to be a better person, personal and business. I hope you guys really enjoy this one. Hey, Emmanuel, how are you going today? Hey, Chris. Great. I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, really good. Um, really pleasure to have you on today and just kind of hear a bit of an insight into your life. So before we get into it, though, I'm sure people want to understand who you are, what you do and what your story is. So can you just tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure. So, well, my name is, you might not know, but my name is Emanuele Venditti. And I'm known as Manu because it's a lot easier to pronounce. And I'm the founder of a company called Italy Made Easy, which is an online platform that helps English speakers learn, master the Italian language and have a great time when they go to Italy. And my story, I have an interesting story, I suppose, like everybody else. I am a migrant. I came to Australia in my 20s and I've been here for 20 years and I obviously came from Italy. So that's what I do. Yeah, perfect. Um, and how was that a struggle at the time? Like, what, it must have been like a surreal experience to, you know, migrate at such a young age. Yes and no. Um, I started traveling when I was 13. I had really cool parents. So when I came to Australia 20 years ago, I wasn't really migrating. I, was, I just came as an exchange student and then I ended up staying. But it wasn't easy. Changing scenery completely and being completely alone without family and friends and starting from scratch again wasn't easy and also getting used to a different culture uh, for example i mean one thing that was mm, difficult is how aussies were very different from europeans and how we relate to each other here compared to italy and it had a few challenges let's just say that I had a few challenges at the beginning yeah definitely would have been the interpersonal side of it would have been completely different i remember when i moved to London still you know not as extreme as your migration to Australia but still it's you feel a bit lost when you first go somewhere knowing you don't really know how you start approaching people and talking because you know the language the slang is completely different it's kind of like a whole different world it is it is yeah 
So before we go over the rest, I just wanted to talk about what kind of personal challenges besides migrating at such a young age and, you know, feeling slightly lost at the time, what personal challenges have you had to overcome, um, you know, in life so far and what business uh, challenges do you think you had to overcome as well? Yeah, I think I've been a pretty lucky person in general. I, I always had my family behind me. I, you know, didn't really struggle financially with my family. So um, life was, has been easy in a way, never lost uh, important people in my life so far. But um, what happened while I was uh, in Australia, I just arrived to Australia the first few years, I had, I developed really, really bad depression. And, you know, with depression, you don't realize it's happening, obviously. And so that took a while to spot, to notice that that was happening. And so I don't know really how many years of my life I wasted in that state of uh, extreme anxiety and, you know, fear and depression. But it was quite some time. And I would say that has been the thing that has defined me the most in general, just those years where I, I struggle with anxiety and depression, but also it's still the best thing that happened to me in my life. So um, once you're out, you're so grateful that it happened because it does change you. It makes you the person that you were supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a a common thing that people don't realize. Like I talked about this in the first podcast I did about my kind of upbringing and my story. And I personally didn't even know that I at the time was had high anxiety or I was depressed the same as you. And it wasn't until luckily um, a close person to me identified it and made me realize. And I talk about this a lot to people. I say, you know, since I moved overseas, when you realize what, you know, what real happiness is, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's the best feeling you can ever have. You can't even describe like the fulfillment that you feel inside, like just pure happiness. And it's such a strong emotion. I think people even at the time of going through such a intense um, time, like a really high emotions, when people realize that it can be something that will give them the best learning experience of their life and cause them to really question themselves. Most people every day don't even question themselves. And you've got an opportunity where you can reflect and you can develop yourself even further. Do you think that's something that maybe helped you grow as a person? Totally. I mean, I attribute 100% of my growth and my current happiness and success to my depression and to the fact that I was forced to look inside myself and see what was there. Because most people don't. Most people go through every day without questioning. Like you said, that we don't question ourselves so much. And when you have to, you discover things and you work on them. But, you know, having said that, it's really hard to, obviously, it's easy to say this now that we are out of that period. But I'm sure there maybe when I was through, going through that, somebody may have told me, hey, mate, you will be thankful for this 10 years from now. And it's hard to listen, to hear that and believe it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I did believe it. You know, somebody told me, I think you still got to go through the pain and the growth yourself. It's really hard to get the growth coming from the outside at least you can get the help and the guidance but the motivation has to come from within you yeah absolutely what do you think it was that kind of caused you to start working on you know those self-sabotaging habits that you wanted to stop and 
change your mindset around? Well, there was an incident. Um, I had realized that I wasn't doing too well, obviously, over time. But there was an incident that really opened my eyes. I totally freaked out you know, after that. And so I, that started everything because I, I took myself to the hospital to see what was going on. And they suggested, I think you have depression. And that was the beginning of the healing, to be honest. Yeah. There, were, there was probably like a year of extreme pain, having to realize that I was living life like that. And I was missing out on a lot of things because of my anxiety. So that first year wasn't easy, but that was the beginning of the healing, really. So if I think of what the things that helped me, I would say going to therapy was definitely the first thing that I'm thankful for. Uh, having put myself through therapy with a, with a good um, psychiatrist back then, and even the medications. I mean, um, I'm a person who doesn't take medications or any kind of drugs. And I don't like when people tell me, oh, I've, I've been told that I have to be on meds forever. I don't believe in that forever. But when I was in that period that I needed the help and my therapist recommended I took some antidepressants, I did. And a lot of people are against the idea of taking antidepressants, I think. But what I think... There are t it depends on how you are coping with your anxiety and your depression. But in my case, my mind was so hyperactively negative in my brain that no help would have gotten through. You know, speaking to a therapist and getting the um, suggestions that they would make, my mind was too high in a way, like in my brain. Like, it was, the chattering was so crazy that I wasn't going to be able to listen. And so... The medications actually helped lower that level of madness in my mind and hear what she was saying. And that, you know, that was the start. And I only took medications for six months. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, the second thing I did, uh, when I realized that I, I was definitely feeling better, uh, the therapist was great, and I did a lot of um, inner research, and uh, I kept a journal, the usual things that you might do with a therapist. Um, I, this actually happened in Italy. I moved back to Italy to get the help. And then I came back to Australia when I was feeling good. And, but the second thing that I did was I found this product. And it's almost funny because it was an infomercial. And I, I think it saved my life even more than the therapist. It was a program called Attacking Anxiety and Depression. And it was by a lady called Lucinda Bassett. Anyway, it was um, a fifth week process to work on your on skills on your personal skills because you know with the therapist especially in six months I didn't really have the time to change the person I was and the way I, I looked at things what the therapist did was got me out of the depression and the anxiety in a way but I didn't really learn new skills to avoid to prevent that from happening again and um, and I find that that is the problem that a lot of people face even when you're out of a situation, be it depression or anything else. If you don't really work on changing the thing that made you fall into that trap in the first place, you're going to potentially do it again. And in my case, my depression, my anxiety, everything was driven from a certain way of thinking, obviously. You know, for me, it was driven by guilt or feeling guilty about stuff, things like that. And so I had to learn the skills. I had to learn how to say no. I had to learn to put myself first. There was a number of things, and that program was really good because I really learned to 
be a stronger person and look after myself and, and give myself to others only when I wanted to and not when they asked you know, of me. So yeah, that was something amazing that uh, really helped me, that program. And then the, the third thing that I really think made my life the amazing life I have now is I moved to the Sunshine Coast. It sounds a minor thing, but for me, it was a huge, huge healing moment. Um, the depression for me developed while I was living in Melbourne, great city, great fun. But for me, that was the place of me being the insecure, scared, anxious person that I had become for whatever reason. And after the therapy, I, I just didn't feel safe enough to go back to the same place where everything happened, where my friends knew me as the person who didn't go out, as the person who didn't do anything. You know, I, I just didn't want to go back to the place that made it happen, basically. And so I guess out of maybe a moment of weakness, I decided to not go back to Melbourne and I picked a place that I wanted to go to, which was a warmer climate. Came to the Sunshine Coast and that's when I think I started blossoming as a person. I got involved with health and fitness, something that for me was completely new. I was never unhealthy, but I started looking at what I was eating and uh, that's actually when I adopted a plant-based diet. So that was like around 12 years ago. And I started working out, you know, doing things outdoors, being sporty. I was never a sporty person. And, and I became involved with health and fitness and yeah, I don't know. Life now is amazing. I mean, <laughs> there are challenges, like you mentioned, business challenges, but I was able to create a business. And here I am, a person who used to doubt himself so much. I was so insecure about everything. And, and now I run a business. I have thousands of uh, customers. I have a team of people who help. And I, I, I'm doing this and I never thought it would be possible. And, you know, that's so amazing. Like you've come such a long way and it's interesting when you talked about, you know, the location of the place where you felt you didn't want to go back there because I guess you could call it an emotional home. That's where people identified a certain emotion with you there. And that happens a lot. Sometimes we need to change location, change our environment so that we can recreate ourselves. And I think that's something that people don't realize that you can recreate yourself. You can be whatever you want to be. Um, it just takes, you know, starting somewhere new sometimes. Yeah, that's what I did. I mean, coming to the Sunshine Coast was an intentional decision for me and I did decide to create a new me. And it's possible because nobody knew me. And, you know, I wasn't faking anything. I was just pushing myself a little harder to, to look more confident and to do things that I was totally uncomfortable doing. And, but I could do it because nobody knew me. And so, yes, maybe if I was stronger, I could have gone back to Melbourne and made a life there and be happy there, but it was a lot easier in a moment of when you're still vulnerable because you've just come out of depression, it was extremely helpful to pick a new location that was very conducive of outdoors activities. And yeah. No, that's perfect. Touching on business though, what, how did it all start? How did you, you know, get your YouTube channel running and how did you build this kind of um, empire? so far it all happened almost by accident in a way in relation to youtube but my plan for my future was always in 
in relation to doing something online. I'm a geek and when the internet first came out, I knew I would do something with the internet and I didn't know what that was. And I, I tried a few things over, you know, over my life and none of them worked, mostly because I didn't have the confidence to make anything work. And so YouTube happened by accident. I was teaching Italian at the university and I was also teaching Italian privately. And when you start with new students, you always have to teach the same things. And I, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to record myself, explain these things that I always need to explain, which was how to pronounce Italian. And I recorded a little workshop basically by myself. And I put it on YouTube. And then every new student that I had, I told them, look, save money and, and my time. Watch that video before you come to the first lesson. So you don't have to pay me for that and I don't have to teach you that. And so I put everything on YouTube and I totally forgot about it. A year later, I logged into YouTube at the back end, which you usually don't. And I realized that I had thousands and thousands of views. I remember one video had maybe 100,000 views. And I, I thought, this is crazy. This is like this insecure guy who hates being on camera, who made a video that looked horrible. And I'm in front of this little whiteboard and I explained how to pronounce Italian and 100,000 people watched it. And um, when I saw that, I saw the opportunity to turn that into the business that I wanted to create. And so I started working in that direction. But it was all, all accidental when it, in relation to both YouTube and making a business out of teaching Italian. I had tried everything else. I had tried... Um, I mean, a variety of businesses. I tried photography. I, I created um, strange advertising websites. Like I did everything. I, I, I started a vegan uh, YouTube project before being vegan was a, a thing. And yeah, I had, I had all these other things, but I never considered starting a business in the industry that I was actually trained in, which was languages. And when I did... It took off. And so I think here's a little gem that I, I wish somebody told me. Uh, so I'm going to share this with, with you and your audience. I was looking for the thing that I could build my empire on and I was trying everything. But the most obvious thing is usually the thing that you should be doing. And so had somebody told me, hey man, why are you even trying to create a business between all these other things when you are an excellent teacher of languages, you have experience in learning languages and in sharing your passion for languages. There you go, do that. And often, most of the times it's obvious. The thing that we should be doing is the obvious thing. Yeah, definitely. And it's crazy you just saying that, I've just thought of so many times when I was even a bit younger and I was just trying to do everything I was like, what was it? I did laboring and I talked to my friends about starting a business. So we talked about investing in properties. We talked about, you know, hopefully like one of the things I wanted to do when I was younger, which is crazy because of the backstory that I have is I wanted mm -hmm. to open a bottle shop, I don't know, <laughs> but I wanted to open a bottle shop when I was younger. Cause I thought that was something that I could, you know, use to my advantage to, and it would be successful because, you know, everyone drinks usually that's what yeah. I like in those younger days and it's and that's like 100% like what you can be so successful in is so close to you and it just takes 10 minutes to even look around and try and find it 
talking about, you know, something that's so close to you, people talk about niche and how there's something specific that you need to focus on might be a demographic of a certain uh, population or it might even be just a different um, kind of thing that maybe someone wants to get into. How would you say to people if they're really struggling to find their niche, how would you, what suggestion or tips would you have for them? First of all, it has to be something that you enjoy doing. You know, if you don't enjoy doing something, then don't even try and start a business around it. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be the thing that you want to do the most in your life. You know, in my case, of course, teaching a language was the closest thing to my life. But it's not really the thing that I want to do forever. I just, I do it. I enjoy doing it. But uh, I have other passions. You know, I'm more into um, the creativity side of things, uh, you know, creating, making movies or, you know, fitness. But so you have to find the right balance between what you know you're good at, what you enjoy doing, but at the same time, it has to be profitable. And I see this a lot um, in people wanting to create a business around the thing that they are passionate about. But that, in, that might not be necessarily extremely monetizable, if that makes sense. So I'll give you an example, and um, I hope nobody minds me for saying this, but uh, I have a number of friends who are yoga instructors. And especially where we live, the competition is fierce in terms of yoga instructors. There's, there's a lot. And I see a lot of my friends struggle with the idea of wanting to create a viable business that gives them the life so that they want teaching yoga but that's what they want to do because they have a, a mission in a way they, they really want to contribute. They want to share this with them. And so what I sometimes suggest to them is that, could you create a business in something that you enjoy doing that it's a lot more monetizable? And then once you have a business that feeds your needs and your lifestyle, then you can do whatever else you want, which in your case would be um, helping out people with, with, with healing or uh, anything along those lines and do that, not trying to make a profit out of it. So just do it because you're passionate about it and enjoy it as a passion instead of trying to make that be the business. And it's, it's hard to tell which one is the right path for, for anybody. But in my case, I looked at the profitability of, of my skill. So yes, I could teach a language and I could teach Italian, but was it going to be profitable? In my case, yes. It was going to be profitable because Italian is the fourth most studied language in the world. And I intentionally target um, people in the United States who are over the age of 50, are retired and have financial uh, availability, uh, they have the financial uh, freedom to take long periods of time to holiday in, the, in, in Italy and spend a lot of money in Italy. And so in that um, context, me starting a business teaching Italian made sense. I had other skills. I do have other skills, uh, but they're not as easily monetizable. Yeah, definitely. And I think, it, you know, that's the biggest thing that people struggle with. I struggled with that for a long time. Like I stopped being a PT when I moved over to London for maybe a year. And then I started up again because I thought, you know, like, is this really what I want to do? Like there's so many personal trainers out there. It's 
you know, like how can I get myself out there and a point of difference? And it took me a, another year and I had a full year of just, you know, reflecting on everything and how can I make myself different? And do I actually have enough passion for this? And can I actually make an income from this as well? Because I think the biggest issue people say, Oh, follow your passions and you'll get to where you want to be. It's a hundred percent true, but you have to be really smart about it as well. You can't just be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to collect rocks and people are going to buy rocks off the street from me. Like, how are you going to sell those rocks? Like, are you going to put faces on them and then sell them to kids? Like you, yes. have to, you have to think about what you're going to do and you have to really think, am I going to enjoy it? And if I do enjoy it, how am I going to be different? And that's the biggest thing that I had to learn personally. Yes. No, being different is, is key uh, in business. In my case, there are a number and I don't know how many because there's a new one every day of YouTubers teaching Italian on YouTube. Um, I mean, on YouTube, obviously. And, um, but I'm the only one who was able to really build an empire, as you said, around it. And I don't have the biggest channel, definitely. So it's, yeah, you gotta be, in a way, you gotta be smart in the way you package the, the good product that you have, the good service that you can provide and how you're going to make it unique and different. And I think also, everybody, we all try to be as broad as possible as, as a service. So, so we can, in theory, get the highest number of customers, but especially on YouTube, it works the other way around. The more specialized you are, the more successful you're going to be. So in my case, um, I specialized in teaching Italian to English speakers. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting out a huge percentage of my potential audience because I specifically talk about, I'm here to help in- English speakers. I know what mistakes English speakers are going to make, what challenges English speakers have with learning Italian, and that's my specialty. So, and I, I kind of drive away a, a lot of potential customers, I suppose, but I, I had to pick one and, and it, it's worked out really well. Yeah, definitely. And it can be such a common mistake too. People focus on, oh, I've got to get the whole thing. So I'll put a Facebook ad out and I'll target from 18 to 60 yeah. <laughs> and I'll get probably hundred customers, worst case scenario. No, your ads way too broad. And because it's so broad and the people who you should be selling to or should be marketing to aren't seeing it because it's like every other ad out there. You're not being specific enough. You need to be, so down to the point that that person who's in that demographic sees that ad 10 times over so that they finally make the decision to, you know, invest. And, and they, when they see the ad, they say, Oh, that's me. You know, surely you've seen those t-shirts on Facebook that sell uh, text that is specific to you. And that's oh. because Facebook knows everything. So you know, I've seen Facebook of like, you know, are you 40 plus Italian living in Australia? And the t-shirt is perfect because it says that like, yeah. it's crazy how much <laughs> target, you know, how targeted an ad can be. And, um, when you start, it's, it's counterintuitive because you do really don't do want to attract as many people as possible, but no, yeah, absolutely. Dropping on to the next thing. Um, what do you think holds people back from actually pursuing, you know, there's information out there to learn all this. There's, um, a lot of people that are there support them, but what is it that holds people back? And why do you think from actually pursuing something? There's so many reasons. I mean, 
it took me, my business took off when I was around maybe what, 40? So it took me a good 20 years before I could get it. I could get, <laughs> the, I could get the formula right. And so um, there's so many things that hold us back. And one is lazy. We're lazy. Let's be honest. It, it's a lot easier to have, to live your day the way you are right, right, right now than to wake up earlier to find the time to study something, to become good at something. Or, um, you know, it takes effort. And effort is painful for a lot of people. And it's so comfortable to keep things as they are. As much as you wish they were different, it's easier to, to not do it. And so um, I think being kind of lazy is the first uh, hurdle for most of us. As much as we are passionate about changing things, it's comfortable to not change them, basically. Uh, the second thing that I, I find uh, I talk to a lot of people uh, in, um, in relation to starting a business and I find there's people are not very keen to actually hear the advice of people who've done it before. It's strange, but uh, I mean, you may experience, I mean, maybe you don't experience it as a personal trainer because people come to you when they're ready to hear your advice. But imagine if, um, if you get people coming to you and refusing to do what you tell them that it will, that would work for them in terms of, you know, losing weight. Uh, why are you coming here then if you don't want to hear my advice? And, and I find a lot of people are not ready to hear the advice. And so they just want to do it on their own. And I find that's so detrimental to success in terms of the time that it will take you. Yeah, absolutely. Every business has been built. Every, everything has been done before in a way. And so if you're smart enough, you find people who've done it and you take their advice and then you personalize it to make it your own, obviously, and you inject it with your personality and your vision. But there's no point trying to figure out how to be seen on YouTube. There are strategies that make YouTube realize that you exist. So follow the strategies. And so, like you said, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of courses that you could take in the whatever industry you're in. And as much as some courses are not as good as other courses. I find that you will learn something from any course. So don't wait around to find the best instructor, the best guru to tell you how to build that specific business. Anything, any course is good enough for you to take action. If you follow what they tell you, you are going to make progress. Maybe one course would make you make more progress more fast, but it doesn't matter because right now you don't have the progress. So whatever you do is going to improve your, your results. The other thing, the other um, hurdle, I think it's, it's fear. It's quite scary to put yourself out there. If you're opening a, a brick and mortar business, then it's going to cost you a lot of money. So that's even more dangerous. But even with the digital world, it's very scary to put yourself out there to put your face on YouTube or to create a product, it's extremely intimidating. And we all, in, mo I mean, in most cases, we all feel that we're not good enough to do that thing. In my case, it was to stand in front of a camera and speak in a foreign language and be entertaining enough while teaching for a period of, you know, for a certain period of time. And it wasn't easy to start. And I, I see that can stop a lot of people be, being scared of just putting yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, going over like doing courses and seminars and just getting yourself out there and learning and stuff. Um, is that something you've done over the time that you've gotten yourself to this point as well? Do you, what do you do to develop yourself continually? Oh, I've spent a little fortune <laughs> on education, you know, business education. I went to a lot of seminars. I paid money to fly around the world to attend things. But the reality is that nothing changed until I decided to do the thing, take the action that I was being told to take. I, I took so many courses and they were all good. And I did some of it, but then I decided, ah, I'm just going to do, do it my way because I don't think that way is going to work for me. And guess what? It didn't work for me because I did it my way. In terms of when it comes to knowledge on how certain things happen, take the advice. Take the advice. Please do that. I, my business could have been here 10 years ago. And who knows where I would be now if my business had been running for 10 years more than it has now. And I've just wasted so much time in not following the plan, the, the blueprint. You can, there's a blueprint for anything. You don't need to reinvent the way a business takes off and does well. There's a lot of businesses that don't do well, and, but there are also a lot that do well and find those and emulate them. You're not going to be a copycat. I, I, wasn't, I was not a copycat. So in my case, I took many courses, webinars, but then I found this program. I think it was it's a long time ago, but it was called Make Market Launch It. And I don't know if it's still out there, if it's relevant anymore, but it was a course that uh, taught me how to create a digital course, how to package it, how to present it, how to put it together, how to you know, find my ideal customer, how to sell it, how to... Um, engage my audience and I followed that plan. This time I followed it to the letter. Like I honestly did everything they said and my business took off. In terms of business, like I said, the success on YouTube was accidental, but there are tons of YouTubers who have a lot of views and a lot of subscribers, but they don't make any money. So here's the distinguishing factor. So in, in the questions that you wrote to me, um, you know, preparing for this conversation with you, you asked me, is YouTube for everybody? You asked me that. Yeah. And if you really want the truth, it's not. It's not. I mean, everybody can have a go at YouTube. You can upload your content. You know, if you just want to share your passion, you know, upload your tutorials. Like, but if you're trying to create a business, it's not for everybody. It's for the person who's willing to put in the sacrifice, the hours, the amount of work that goes into creating a business on top of YouTube is crazy. It's a real business. It's not a hobby. And, and I'm sure you don't, have, I mean, you, you may have a job. I had a job when I started and you got to make it work and you have to make sacrifices. And so if you think that you're just going to post a few YouTube videos and suddenly magically have a business, not for you. If you're ready to work hard, totally go for it because it's so much fun. Uh, YouTube business is, I'm so grateful that I started it. And and like I said, I have a team that helps me and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a profitable business. It's growing. There's so many opportunities for growth that I'm currently exploring. Uh, we're about to put out a first audiobook to learn Italian. So there's so many things that you can do in whatever industry you pick. And it's so rewarding to know that not only am I creating 
a future for myself and my family and uh, and the world because obviously i the more you have the more good you can do obviously um and the more time you have and the more time you can give but not only am i happy that i'm doing that but i'm helping people create have a better life i i employ people and one of the most touching things i've had with my team was when this person that i've been employing for a couple of years she said I don't know where I'd be without, without the job with Italy Made Easy. I mean, I, uh, I lost my job and I'm over 50 and I didn't think I had a future to do anything. And now I work for you and I, have, I support myself through this. And it's just all these little things that you can do when you have a, a successful business. They just, they fill your heart. It's not just the money. It's, it's what the money does, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a common mistake where people and I hear this all the time, you know, they say in companies that, you know, they're only hungry about the money depends on the company, but most of the time it's what you can create from building such an empire. Like you said, helping people, supporting people, growing an economy. People don't realize that when uh, throwing this in there as well, like, you know, you work so much, you commit so much, not because it's a job, because you love what you do. And people need to understand that that's number one that I always throw at people. Like you can't just run around like a, like a crazy person and be like, Oh, I'm going to be an influencer. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not going to happen. The biggest thing is yes, you're passionate about it. Yes. You want to build it up, but what are you doing for other people? Like, are you going to open this to help and support other people grow? And I think that's the biggest thing people forget. True. So true. Yeah. But that's really good. There's some really good information on there about, you know, getting people to where they need to be and helping people understand that YouTube isn't for everyone. Before we go on to our last two questions, uh, the third question here I really wanted to ask you is, there's people who feel stuck in life all the time. There's someone listening that's listening to this and it might be personal, it might be career obstacles, what is, what's something that like you'd pinpoint for them to help them kind of get out of that hole that maybe they feel that way? We've touched on a lot today, um, but is there anything else that maybe you'd suggest? Well, I think what we said earlier, uh, talking about depression, and I said it's not easy to hear, but if you're listening to this and you've heard that segment, well, then hear it. No matter where you are, life can be, so different from what it is now it's possible it's it's possible for everybody especially especially i have to say we are so fortunate to live in a country like australia or you know europe but there are places where you're not as free to do what you want with your life but we are and just the joy of knowing that you can do whatever you want with your life because you live in a country where you can well just be happy with that and and know that there is a way to completely transform it. It takes action and it takes support. So maybe the, the first thing I would say is find the support. Find the support. It doesn't have to be, you know, in my case, it was a therapist, but it doesn't have to be a therapist. You know, you, you may be stuck, but not in that sense. You may be stuck with business. Then find a mentor. Find somebody who has the knowledge and listen to what they've got to say and, and just do it. Yeah, perfect. That's... And that's the biggest thing people do forget that you, you can't just expect to grow or, you know, move on without having that support from 
therapist, a person, a friend, family member, or a mentor, you need to surround yourself with people at times to help you grow. Yeah, you, I mean, we all need guidance. I mean, it'd be unthinkable uh, to, to assume that I'm going to, I don't know, learn how to play the violin and never ask somebody who actually plays how to you know, do certain things. You need the help. And it's more, it's more obvious, it's more intuitive for practical things that you say, oh yeah, of course I need to ask somebody. But changing the, the person you are is a big mission. You know, changing uh, your lifestyle and create a business, it's a big thing. And you, I don't, don't wanna say you can't do it by yourself because of course you can, but it's a lot quicker if you have somebody to guide you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things I struggled with for a very long time. Even like the start of last year was probably the first time that I actually started accepting help of other people. And we'd have, we've had conversations where I've been like, you know, um, like I said, I've, I've gotten a personal assistant finally. And I, before I wouldn't be interested in that, I'd like, no, they can't do it like me. They can't help me, mm-hmm. you know, like, etc. You have the same feelings. I know. <laughs> and yep, yep. But if you put something down and you start to help help and you help delegate things to people properly and then they can help you, you just need to explain to people, whether it be personal, how you're feeling, what, how you want to feel, uh, what you think you need to do to get there and if they can help in any way, business, write a procedure, you know, write down what you want from a job. Tell that personal assistant, tell that employee, tell someone who's just helping you what you want to the T and tell them how to do it and they'll do it for you. Yeah. So true that it's, um, I struggle, as you know, I struggle with delegating yeah. <laughs> tasks in my business, but you know, you get to a point where you, you do understand what they say that done is better than perfect. And that applies to everything right now. I think that's probably, it's become my motto right now. Like done is better than perfect because especially if you are, um, I don't know, it depends on your personality, but we tend to be a little bit of a, you know, perfect, perfect, oh, I can't say the word now. now. <laughs> we tend to be perfectionists. Yeah, we tend to be perfectionists. And if you're trying to achieve a result and you want to achieve it quick, you do need the help of other people. And it's really hard to delegate some of the jobs that you need done. But if you just wait for you to do it, it never get done sometimes because you just have too much, work at hand. I mean, that's my case in my business. I had to learn to delegate. Otherwise things would not get done. Absolutely. And I saw something the other day that really kind of sparked me and it was, um, I forgot what what it's called. I think it's called OCD. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was like OCD for perfection for getting jobs done. And they explained that, you know, if you've got OCD for perfection and getting things right the whole time, all you do is spin yourself out into an anxious cycle of being mad at yourself for not doing it. And then you never get it done. So it's just this cycle constantly of being Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I want to have it this way, but I can't get it that way because I feel like I've got this and that. So now I'm just going to think about how good I want it to do and never do it. And then be in that circle constantly for like, who knows how long, (laughs) how many hours are wasted doing that. And I know there's people that listen to this and will relate to that straight away. But we're just about done. I just want to ask you, like, where do you want to see your business go in the next few years? I like to ask people what their vision is. Like, I know it changes every year and we grow and something might change even within months. But what would you like to see 
where would you like to see your business go? So right now, my business is it's still a personal brand. It's yes, it is Italy made easy, but I'm still the face of everything, and I and I don't mind doing that. And I'm creating a number of courses. I'm uh, getting back at YouTube with more oomph, and I you know we're going to work harder on that. We're launching the audiobooks, but it's still a small business. It's a small scale business. And I feel that the future of Italy Medici is as a bigger brand, as a, as a recognizable brand that can go far and beyond what I can as an individual. And so the growth for Italy Medici would be to just scale it up to um, not to compete with the big ones like uh, the Rosetta Stones or those corporation brands, because I I do like the quality that we, that we provide, but definitely there is room for, for growth that is beyond my face pushing uh, content and products. So that's the direction that I see is immediately going. And of course, you know, getting bigger with um, more products. Right now, it's, the focus is on the language, but I would love to include tours in Italy or partnerships with you know, bed and breakfast in Italy or experiences in Italy. So becoming more of a travel um, company than a language company no perfect that's amazing because that just gives people opportunity to, you know not only as you know you like you learn a new language and you feel accomplished and you level up but that also gives people opportunity opportunity to travel with you and develop their mindset as well while they're learning these new skills it takes people out of that autopilot mode i talk about every podcast <laughs> and puts them into that conscious state um so that's yeah. such a good thing and i know that you'll be there event like you'll get there you've got a lot happening you're very successful you're a pure person you are such a good person because you want to see change in people you've got this aura about you like it you i can just like see your <laughs> and i can see your brand your personal brand turning into a big brand that keeps that you know five-star service and it actually has a point difference it's organic it's real it's not in it for the money so it's super super good to hear like where you want to be in a few years because i know you'll get there oh thanks man that's that's super sweet <laughs> um well the thing with with the passion and the languages uh, my life has been as good as it has been because of travel i like i mentioned i started traveling at 13 which is not something most italian kids were you know were able to do and, and I'm, I'm talking about my, by myself without my parents. And the experiences I've had in all the countries that I've visited and lived in and the benefit that I had speaking the language of the people of that country, I want the same for everybody else. That is why I'm so passionate about teaching Italian. I mean, who cares? It's a language. Why is it so important? It's not even a useful language in a way. But for me, it's like, no, these people are wanting to, to go to Italy and they're wanting to know some Italian. I'll excite them to the point of them wanting to be fluent because the experience you have when you are fluent in the language of the visiting country, they are unique. It's just so different because of course you could go to Italy or any other country with English and just get by with English. But the connections you have, the, the experiences you have when you speak the local language, they are unpar unparalleled. And I was so lucky to do that with all the countries that I visited. I have, my life has been amazing for me because of travel and languages and that's why i'm so passionate about you know this learning italian thing 
It could be anything else, but it's about learning to open up your heart and your brain and to be curious about other cultures and go there and experience it. Yeah, that's perfect. And that's straight on the money about what travel fit is as well. So it's good to kind of have that relation in, you know, wanting to see that in people. It's so nice to hear. Um, But before we go, uh, this is, if people want to get in contact with you and maybe ask you some questions or maybe they just want to start learning Italian, um, okay. what, are your, what are your social media, media platforms and how can people get in contact with you? Well, we are Italy Made Easy on every platform. We yep. are definitely active on YouTube. So the YouTube channel on Italy Made Easy on YouTube is the, the main hub for us. And um, we do have a presence, presence on Instagram and Facebook, but the focus is YouTube. And then the, the website, italymediaz.com, where I've got my blogs, my articles, my lessons. And then we have an academy with actual courses. There's a number of free courses. There's a, there's a, ton, of st- there's a ton of stuff, honestly. There's so much that we do to help anybody at any level of commitment and financial as well to get involved with the Italian language and culture. No, that's perfect. And I definitely recommend people, if they even want to just have a taste of go check out the free courses like free is free <laughs> you, you if you want to develop self yeah. taster like just taste it see if you like it and jump on um but yeah for sure thanks again for coming on today and having a chat telling us a story giving us some kind of hints tips and giving us a kind of insight to where you were and where you are now and where you want to be it's really refreshing to hear and it, i know a lot of people who are listening who are listening will um, definitely be inspired. And I know that, you know, your story, it's definitely inspired me a lot um, just listening to it today. So thanks so for um, coming on. My pleasure. It's been really good. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening in today. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. Again, if you enjoyed it and you feel inspired, share it with your friends and family members. This was created for you. It was created to create a community around the world. The more people who see this, the more people who we can help, we can inspire to be better. Thanks so much for listening and until next time.